0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: It'll be a cooperative effort between you and me. We will wipe them out and you will have victory. You will possess the land that I've given you to possess. It's going to be awesome. In the spirit-filled Christian experience, there are things that God says, we can wipe that out, Bill. To you, he would say, we can wipe that out. We can, we can have total victory over that. you got to start walking in the direction of obedience and let the lord add his power that you might have total victory over whatever it may be that we might have total total victory uh in in, in areas of I walk with the lord
0: when you don't kill a weed it comes back even stronger and might spread to other areas that's why you have to kill it at the root to fully remove it from causing problems for the soil and the things you actually want to grow in this case Pastor Bill teaches on God wanting the Israelites to wipe out the wicked people who were living in the land. He had been patient for centuries with this nation, and they continue to go against anything God desired. Sin is like this too, and you need to wipe it out. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 33 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Verses 16 to 36, it takes you from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea and it lists all the stops in between. So verse 16 to 36 is from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. The last one, verses 37 to verse 40, take you from Kadesh Barnea to Mount Hor, H-O-R. And then the last chunk is, verse 41 to 49, is from Mount Hor to the plains of Moab. And that's where it ends up at. That's that big chunk. Verses, you know, five all the way to verse 49. A couple things I just want to highlight uh, in between. And I thought it was interesting, if you you look at verse 16, and you'll look at it, it, the sentences get real short. And it's like they go from here to there, here to there, here to there, here to there. It's really fast. It's rapid. You know, they're moving from place to place. There's about 30 places named in a very, you know, quick cadence. Very short succession. They go here, they go here, they go here, they go here. And this is what's significant here. During that period of time, there was a lot of activity, a lot of movement, a lot of going, a lot of doing, but there was no progress. Moving and moving and moving, going and going and going, doing and doing and doing. They were so active, but they weren't getting anywhere. There was no progress being made. They weren't coming any closer to the promised land. Um, Again, it was a result of their unbelief. And I would just point this out. In our walk with the Lord, sometimes it would behoove us and benefit us to slow down. And God, am I walking my faith here? Because I could spend five years just spinning my wheels. I tried this, and I was going there, and I was going to this study, and I was sitting over here, and I got involved in that thing. You could be doing all this stuff, and God is saying, but I told you to do that a long time ago, and you won't trust me to do that. So what I really want to do in your life is not happening. So you'll be discontented even though you're doing all this stuff, because God's like, I told you to do that, and that's not happening yet. And if there's a that in your life, for them, the that was, go in that promise, let me take it. And they were like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We'll do anything but that. Somebody else can do it. We're not going to do that. And God said, "But if you don't do that, I'm not doing nothing else. You can go ahead and walk around the desert then and spin your wheels, be exhausted, go here, go there, go here, set up camp, tear down, set up camp, tear down, all that stuff. But I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm not going with you. Um, you, won't, you won't get where I'm taking you. And if, if, because they, wouldn't, they didn't trust them ultimately. And so maybe some of us here are spinning our wheels. We're trying all these different things. We're going here, trying that, going here, trying that. And if God has spoken clearly to you in some area that you're not obeying, I would call you back to that thing and say, go back and do the thing God told you to do. Go back and be obedient to whatever he spoke to you clearly last. Quit trying new stuff when God has spoken something very clearly. And I found this um, in my own life, but I, I found this in times of counseling and speaking to people that many times people are... They're, they're trying all these things. They're praying about this. I'm, I'm gonna try this over here, and, and we think about that. And they're, they're, you, you look at a life, and it's like it's so sporadic and everywhere. It's like bring this, bring it down. Like, what's the last thing that in clarity God spoke to you? And many times you'll come back, and God has called them away from something that they haven't come away from. God has spoken to them to do something that they, they don't want to do it. Um, they're not really open to it. They don't they don't trust Him. They're afraid. They don't feel like they can. And so they're trying. They want to appease God. God, I'll do this for you instead. And God won't be appeased right? God made me and God made you specifically to do specific things. And I can't offer God a substitute. I can't say, God, I know you want me to preach the word, but I just want to, I just want to do this. You know, I want to, I want to do this thing instead. No, he's not going to be in that. God's waiting for me to obey the calling over here to do what he called me to do. Do you have a calling from the Lord? Is there something God has called you to do? Um, if so, I'm I'm just encouraging you that you would obey him, uh, that you wouldn't be spinning your wheels for years unnecessarily wasting life, wasting time but that you would do the thing God called you to do and if there's something God has called you away from, would you come away from it? Uh, Just come away from it, let it go put it down, break it off, Leave leave it be so that you can do and be the thing that God has called you to do and be right now they're an example to us of wasted potential, wasted these are wasted lives these were lives that at one point could have gone into the promised land and enjoyed all that God had made available who instead wandered around the desert until they died. Just think about that. They had the potential to do something really exciting, go in the promised land, win wars, have exciting battles and fights and win every time because God said they would win every time, to take land, to have milk and honey and big old grapes and eat real good. That was their potential. And what they ended up is in the dead, funky, hot desert wandering around until they died because they wouldn't trust God. May we learn from that. May that not be the case for any of us. Uh, may we enter into all that God has for each one of us. And so, again, a lot of movement, a lot of going, a lot of doing, but, but no real uh, progress being made. Now, everybody skip down to verse 50, and that's where we're going to pick it up. So verse 50 says, now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan. Then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you. And I want you to notice a strong language again. Destroy all their engraved stones. Destroy all their molded images. Demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it. For I have given you the land to possess. And so they're getting new instructions for this new group as they're going to have the opportunity to go in. This is the group that will go. These are the kids of those that have died off in the wilderness. And Moses has clear direction from the Lord. And I want you to know what the Lord told him to do. Um, It's four D's. Um, first he tells them in verse 52 you're gonna drive out all the inhabitants from before you. What does that mean? That means when you go into the land there are people that already inhabit the land You're gonna drive them out. You're going ultimately they're gonna kill them. They're gonna defeat them in war Some people look at this and say, hey, that's that's I don't understand why God would why is God into that? God is in the murder. God wants them to kill everybody. Why does he want them to do that? This is why the Canaanites were a wicked corrupt people God had given them 400 years to turn, the chains to repent, they would not turn, they would not repent. And God knew that if his people would go into the land and just dwell with them, that they would be impacted by them. Therefore, God said, wipe them out. What is that like in the spirit-filled life? There's some things that God would say, get that out altogether. I don't want to coexist with that thing in your life. I want that completely driven out. Drive it all the way out. There are some things in our lives that God is saying, I, I, and I don't want you to compromise and try to have me and that. I want you to drive that out so it can just be me. Some people try to try to keep it around and, and keep it by, and that's what, we, that's what we call compromise. God says, I want you to drive it all the way out. Drive them out, that's the first one. Then he says, so drive out the inhabitants of the land before you. Then he says, destroy all their engraved stones. So all their idol stones that are everywhere, God didn't say move them around, sell them to some neighboring country for money and stash it. God said, destroy them, completely destroy them. There are people that come to the Lord and they got things that they'll never be useful again. Will an idol ever be useful again? Never. And so God said, just destroy it. There's some things that we had or have maybe that God says that'll never be useful to you ever. Destroy it, tear it up. You know, go ahead and go ahead and tear it up. I had a guy at one point that was repenting of his drugs and everything else, and he came in, he literally came in, and he brought his drugs, and he brought his um, pipes that he used the drugs, he smoked the drugs with, he brought it all in. And I was like, well, hold on, (laughs) you know, walk with me to the bathroom. So we dumped all the drugs in the toilet, and then we took the pipes, I sat him on a napkin, and... Smash them into there and then crumpled it up and we probably clogged up the toilet but we do that in the toilet too and we flush it all down and say goodbye but I'm like you, you'll never need that pipe again you know So let's just tear it up let's just destroy it there are things that God would say man just destroy it put it all the way away when God tells him those idols those things have never been useful they'll never be useful destroy them um, are there things that we are in possession of that God would say man destroy that destroy that it's got no it'll never be useful to you if so we want to heed that the next thing so destroy all their engraved stones. Then he said, destroy all their molded images. Uh, another way that they made their idols, the molded images is destroy them. Don't save them. Don't salvage the precious metal. Destroy them. Don't, have, don't come up with another use for them. Destroy them. Get rid of them altogether. The last thing he says, um, not, sorry, not, not the last two, he says, and demolish all their high places. So the places where they would offer sacrifice and worship to these folks, he said, demolish those things, tear them down. He didn't say, worship me in those places. He said, not I tear it down. I don't, I don't, you're going to build somewhere new to worship me. Tear that down. Tear it all the way down. Just demolish it. And then he says in verse 53, you shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it for I have given you the land to possess. And so a second time he says, I want you to dispossess them. Basically, I want you to kick them out. He opened up with kick them out, drive them out. Now he says, dispossess them. That means you used to possess it, now I possess it. So if I were to dispossess you of your car, that would mean I took your keys and I drove it away and now it is my car. Um, I'm taking it from you. God says, dispossess them, put them out. Um, and, and he didn't mean run them off, he meant kill them. They're gonna be destroyed. And everything connected to them, God said wipe them out. Now he's gonna give, that was the command, and now God's gonna tell them, this is what's gonna happen if you don't do it, right? If you do do it, you're gonna enter into the land the way I want you to, that's what I want for you. And that's what I want to know. How does God want his kids to enter in the promised land? I want you to, I want you to enter in totally victorious. I want you to get this, guys total victory. Wipe out all the enemies. Knock down all the idols. Destroy all the molded image. I, I want total victory. So many Christians have bought the lie that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just human. You know what I mean? I, I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm never going to really be all the way perfect. You know, I'm and, and and while it's true that we'll never be perfect, some people, they, they meditate on that idea to a thought. We're still striving towards perfection. You don't accept that. You don't accept that, you know. I just, you know, that's why I continue to, you know, mess up, and I, you know, I still do this and that, blah, 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 blah. That's not, that's not God. God's like, I, I, I can give you total victory. I believe that. I believe that I can have. Vic- I believe that whatever I struggle with, I can have victory. And if I don't have victory, it's not because I'm human. It's because I won't obey in some area. And believing that has brought me more victory than accepting that you know I'm just kind of human and that's just the way it is. And you know I just got to give myself a break sometimes. That that doesn't really that doesn't help you win. That helps you stay defeated. Anybody with that mindset, I pray you will be shaken out of that mindset. God said, look, dispossess them, kick them out, move them over, everything. I want want total victory. When Jesus died on the cross for me and for you, how much of you did he die to have? All of you. Right? He didn't die to possess most of me. He didn't, he didn't, when the Bible says that he bought you with his blood, he didn't buy some of me. It's not like God said, Bill, I want that 60%. The other 40%, you can mess off a little bit, but that 60% is mine. God said, I died for all of you. I I, I purchased you with my blood. I purchased the whole you. You all mine. Thankfully, God is merciful and gracious. And when he's gotten shortchanged and not had all of me, he's still gracious and merciful towards us. And we can be thankful for that. That should bring us to a place of worship. And and the goodness of God should also bring us to repentance. Shouldn't make us want to go on and sin more. But if you want to know what God wants for us, he wants absolute surrender and total victory. He said, man, wipe them all the way out. And this is the cool thing. God tells them, you wipe them out. When they would go to do it, God would go to help them do it. The problem would be this, if God says, wipe them out, and they don't go to do it, God doesn't help. When does God help when they go to do it? How does it work in our lives, in the Christian experience, it works like this. God may command me to do something, you know, or stop something, Bill, stop that. That's that's a sin, don't do that anymore. Now, if, if I take movement to, to stop doing it, God, I agree that it's wrong, I confess that I agree with you, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away from that. I'll find as I start walking away that God gives me his strength to continue to walk that way. So it's not my strength that I do it, but it's, I, I make the decision, God adds his power, and I end up walking in victory. That's how they were going to go possess the land. God said, you guys go, but the they're too big for us. God, don't worry about that. You go. Right? You just face the fears. You go because I said go. And when you get there, you're going to find out that I supernaturally helped you to take that land, to wipe out them enemies and take that land. It'll be a cooperative effort between you and me. We will wipe them out and you will have victory. You will possess the land that I've given you to possess. It's going to be awesome. In the spirit-filled Christian experience, there are things that God says, we can wipe that out, Bill. To you, he would say, we can wipe that out. We can, we can have total victory over that. You got to start walking in the direction of obedience and let the Lord add his power that you might have total victory over whatever it may be, that we might have total total victory uh, in, in, in areas of our walk with the Lord. So now God tells them, if you don't do it, verse 54, um, if they would obey, he says, and you shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. To the larger you shall give a larger inheritance. To the smaller you shall give a smaller inheritance. That everyone's inheritance shall... Be Whatever falls to him by lot, you shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. So this is a cool thing. God said, if you guys do this and you go in, you guys are going to inherit the land. And the bigger your family, the bigger the land you get. The more babies you made, the bigger, you know, the bigger places you get, you know. So um, everybody would be getting land. You guys are going to enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. But verse 55 is the but. Because God knew how they were. And he knew how they would do. And he says, but... If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those who remain, who you let, and I want you to notice the responsibilities put on them, that those whom you let remain, they shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. God said, and I said, wipe them all out. But if you decide that you want to keep them around, I'll let you but it's going to bite you in the butt. It's, it's, going, to, it's going to pay. You, you're going to reap what you sowed. And so if you don't put them out, he says, they're going to be irritants in your eyes. Stop right there, right? That's timeless. Everybody here has had something bother you. I don't know, Maybe you've had sand in your eye, which is an irritant in your eye. Maybe you had some chemical. Uh, I had some oil cologne stuff on my hands one day and I rubbed my eye like this and then my eye was on fire and you know burned my eye or whatever. He said, they're going to be irritants in your eye which is gonna hinder vision, which is just irritable. Guys, that's what's gonna happen, they're gonna be that. They don't have to be, you can wipe them out, but if you let them be around, they're gonna be irritants in your eyes. Then he said, thorns in your side. Now I don't really have any experience with a thorn in my side, Um, thankfully. I've never been poked in the side with a a thorn or anything, but that sounds painful, uncomfortable, sounds like it would inhibit my movement. If I had a thorn in my side, I don't think I would wanna move around a lot. And these are the two things I got. It's gonna mess with your vision, in your movement. They're gonna be a hindrance to you. They're gonna irritate your eyes, they're gonna be a thorn in your side, and then, thirdly, and they're going to harass you in the land where you dwell. The land that you're dwelling in, that I, that I was giving you to dwell in peace and in total victory, is gonna harass you. You find a Christian living in disobedience, that's what their life is like. Irrit- they're ir- they got irritants, they got thorns, and they're being harassed. That They're just like, man, you should have peace and joy and full of the Holy Ghost and all the fruits of the Spirit. And, and you'll find Christians that they don't have that. Where's your peace, your joy, and your contentment and your peacefulness and gentleness and self-control? Where's all the fruits of the Spirit? Oh, I'm irritable. I can't see good. And, and I, ain't, I ain't going nowhere. I'm not doing nothing. You know, and, and I'm, you know, just, that just sounds miserable. Irritable, ir- irritant in my eyes, thorn in my side and I'm being harassed. They're just there harassing me as I go. God says, that's what will happen if you don't put them out, if you don't get rid of them like I told you to. Last thing, verse 56, moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I thought to do to them. That's worse than everything else. God says, moreover, in addition to what they're going to do, I will do to you what I intended to do to them. What did he intend to do to them? To destroy them, to punish them. God says, what what should have happened to them is going to happen to you because you kept them around. You didn't destroy them. Case in point, perfect example of this was Saul. God told Saul, wipe out all the Amalekites. Utterly destroy them. Don't save anything, nobody alive. And Saul did not completely obey. They went and killed a bunch of Amalekites. But he kept the king and he kept some animals. God said kill the animals. Don't save nothing. He kept things alive and and had the nerve to come before Samuel, the man of God, and say, I've done all that the Lord has commanded me to do. And Samuel, the man of God said, well, what is the, I hear some, what is the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? And Samuel had a word for Saul. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice to the Lord. And because Saul did that thing, God said, no, you, you're going to, you, you're, you're, the kingdom is going to be taken from you and given to someone better than you. And that tormented Saul. The Lord also apparently took Right. The Holy Spirit had come upon Saul at one point in the Old Testament. The spirit could come upon you and be taken away. It had come upon him and it was gone. And there was years where Saul would seek the Lord and God wouldn't speak to him anymore. And he went crazy and he would hear people celebrating David. You know, Saul killed his thousand, but David's just ten thousands. And it would just tick him off. He was chucking spears at David, trying to kill him, but he couldn't. And, you know, it just went, he went on this tyrant, you know, chasing David down in the caves and doing all this stuff. You look at the end of Saul's life, he looks like a crazy man. He looks like a madman. It's almost crazy to look at the beginning and think he was humble, didn't think he was worthy, you know, he was handsome, head and shoulders taller, anointed with the Holy Spirit. He looked like he would look so promising in the beginning. But you look at the end of Saul's life he looked like a madman, possessed and jealous and just trying to kill a man of God and going after him and God wouldn't speak to him so he went and consulted a medium, he just went bananas. And I look at the end of his life and I think, had he just obeyed God, right? Had he just went ahead and slew all the, ima- God was, God was whooping them. They were winning the war, he, they, he was fully in his power and his, he, was, he was capable of doing exactly what God said to do, but he decided, keep back the king and keep back some of those animals and keep back, he made that decision. And God said, no, you won't enjoy what you would have enjoyed otherwise. So this message could be a bummer, but it could also be a blessing, right? These things weren't written to bum us out, to to condemn us or to depress us. God says, I I give you the, I show you what happens in other people's lives so that you can make better decisions with your life. Um, Anybody here ever seen somebody get pulled over and, 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 and when you're speeding and they get pulled over, it happens to me all the time. Uh, I, so I, I do speed. That's, that's a sin that I do, I guess. But I'll, I'll see other people pulled over. You, what's my immediate response when I see them pulled over? I, I immediately get self-control. I immediately don't have to go that fast. It's just, ooh, I come off the gas and I slow down. Um, it's, it's amazing. You know, that's how, that's how it happens. And so when we see these things, God's says, see that. Take your foot off the gas. Slow down. Right? Look at what happens. And, again, it's not just the negative that happens. I believe that God's heart for me and you is that we would see what he wanted to give them that they didn't get. Because there are things that God wants to do for you and me. And they didn't. We'll eventually get to Joshua, right? We're going to eventually get to some stuff where they they get into the goodies and they get into what God has. We got some, some celebratory wins and victories and wars. We'll get there. But for us right now, here and now, there are victories that you and I can have right now. Everybody here, there are things that, again, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about. you Be obedient. If you feel incapable, if you feel like, man, I'm weak, and I, I've tried, and I've failed, and I've tried, and i failed, then we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that God would pour his spirit upon you, that God would give you his strength. And, and again, the way the cooperative effort works, it's your obedience. You make the choice. God will give you the power. But God's not going to make a robot out of you. If you don't make the right choice, if you, if you go on and make your way to go sin, God's not going to grab you and stop you. You're going, be, you're going to be sinning again. But you make the decision, you make the choice to obey the Lord, and you'll find there's power there. And for those that maybe God has, has given call, things that God has spoken to you to do, um, that may be fearful, um, you need boldness, you need courage. Um, I encourage you that we would take steps of faith, that we might see God do great things in our lives, in and through us. Uh, everything that I need and everything that you need to live the victorious Christian life has been made available to us through Christ everything that we need. We don't need anything else except we, we, need, we need God's power and we need obedient hearts. And everybody here can commit to that. We can all submit. We can say, God, I repent of my disobedience. I ask for strength to be obedient. And my goal is to walk in obedience. Would you give me strength? And he will meet us. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will bless us because that was ultimately his desire. And all of this God said, I want you to go in, and I want you to dispossess him, and I want you to enjoy the land, and your kids and your families, you get land, you know I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to bless them. They held him back. Let's don't hold God back from blessing us. Amen? And so, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you love your kids. Thank you that your heart is to bless, Lord, and to supply our needs, and to meet us and minister to us in, in all the ways that, that we need. God, I pray for myself. I pray for everyone else here, Lord. We ask that you would... You would pour out of your spirit upon our lives. God, I pray you would baptize us in the power of your spirit. God, I pray that we would have boldness and courage to speak for you, to be a witness and an example to those that need us to speak up and be a witness and an example.
0: You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, he corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that he taught them are the same ones he teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what he's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that he was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at CalvaryEnglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the Teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryenglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.